0: Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations.
1: Welcome back to Euronet Plus Panorama. So the good news is that in the last week, Sofia and Skopje have brokered an agreement that looks like it may finally bring the EU enlargement impasse to an end. But further west, many member states have been battling an unprecedented heatwave. After 17 and 13 years of waiting, respectively, North Macedonia and Albania's EU accession negotiations finally opened on Tuesday, the 19th of July.
0: What a historic moment!
1: So said Ursula von der Leyen, following the first intergovernmental conference with Tirana and Skopje to get the accession process underway. To begin with, It had been Greece blocking the commencement of discussions, as they were embroiled in a dispute with North Macedonia regarding the country's name. Then France, Denmark and the Netherlands stepped in to block both countries' accession prospects. And most recently, it has been Bulgaria wielding its veto, unable to see past history, language and identity concerns. Poland's Foreign Minister, Zbigniew Rau believes that the repeated postponement of accession negotiations has only served to increase Russian influence in the Balkans, and he hopes that there will now be real progress on this matter, as he tells Polsky Radio.
0: Given the current geopolitical situation across the Western Balkans and the European Union, it is particularly clear that the delay should never have happened, but this is a big success. Hopefully it will lead to a breakthrough, because that is very much the expectation on the Balkan side. Yet, at the same time, there is a great deal of fatigue and even embarrassment among our Western European partners.
1: Slovenia's president Borut Pahor and Prime Minister Robert Golob have also hailed the start of EU accession talks with Albania and North Macedonia. In a press release, Pahor called it one of the few recent pieces of good news. Golob tweeted that it was a historic and long-awaited step. And Samuel Zbogar, the EU's special representative in North Macedonia, used the word bittersweet, as RTV Slovenia reports. I think today is a bittersweet
0: day. Certainly after 17 years we can rejoice that the people of North Macedonia have finally seen the day when they can start negotiations with the European Union together with Albania, of course, so we welcome that. On the other hand, of course, I personally regret that so many obstacles have been placed in North Macedonia's path, including the amendment of the Constitution. It is disappointing that bilateral problems have become a part of the negotiation process, So that is the bitter part of today, I would say. I think that the EU has a great moral responsibility, especially towards the people of North Macedonia, to help make the next steps as quick and easy as possible.
1: But what broke the deadlock? On Sunday, after much political tension and protest, Bulgaria and North Macedonia signed a bilateral protocol providing the framework for the Western Balkan nation to enter accession talks. The document, based on a French proposal, contains measures and deadlines for the implementation of the 2017 Treaty of Friendship, Good Neighbourliness and Cooperation. But Bulgaria's Foreign Minister, Teodora Gwenchovska, told our colleagues at BNR that Skopje will only be able to proceed with negotiations after it amends its constitution as agreed to officially include Bulgarians as a recognized minority. And this may yet take some time. This period depends on the Republic of North Macedonia itself. It could take three months, as was the case with the name change, and it could take two years. Bulgaria's political situation remains very unstable. And the prospect of lifting the veto on this issue has been cited as one of the main triggers for the downfall of the country's latest ruling coalition. With this in mind, BNR asks political scientist Milen Lyubanov whether there is a danger that a new caretaker government could reverse the progress that has finally been made on the Western Balkans. No, this process
0: No, this process starts today, though Albania and North Macedonia still have a long way to go on their road to EU membership. If there is any risk, it is instead more linked to relations with Russia. A number of analysts have publicly stated that it is not out of the question that a potential caretaker government will resume talks with Gazprom and start paying for gas in rubles under the scheme proposed by Gazprom a few months ago when it cut off natural gas supplies. Indeed, I have seen for over a month now how much pressure business is exerting for negotiations with Gazprom to be reopened.
1: The Commission has now launched an analytical examination of the so-called acquis communautaire, in other words, the extent to which community law already features in Albania and North Macedonia's legal frameworks. This will help to determine how prepared they are for EU membership, as well as the key topics for negotiations. The ongoing heatwave and forest fires in Western and Central Europe are a painful reminder of how urgent it is to mitigate climate change. According to the latest figures from the European Drought Observatory, a staggering 46% of the EU territory is currently at risk of drought, with 11% already in a state of alert. And a discussion paper released on Tuesday the 19th of July by the Commission's Directorate-General for Economic and Financial Affairs highlights the fiscal impact of extreme weather and climate events, Portugal's Radio Renascença reports. Perhaps unsurprisingly, past economic losses have been more significant in some EU countries than in others, with Spain suffering the greatest blow to its GDP over the four decades between 1980 and 2020, closely followed by Czechia... Portugal and Romania. In this latest extreme weather event, fires have so far ripped through more than 80,000 hectares of land across Spain and killed two people, says es Radio Castilla y León. As Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez says, this is proof that climate change kills. Our Spanish member station shares his comments as it reports on the fires that are wreaking havoc in its own region.
0: There are those who continue to deny the impact of climate change, the the climate emergency that the planet is experiencing, those who think this is a problem for the future but they are wrong. Climate change is a problem here and now because many in the past did not consider it one. Climate change kills. The government is focused on fighting the fires right now. We have also long been engaged in bringing about the ecological transition to make changes and mitigate the greenhouse gases that we are releasing into the atmosphere. On Wednesday,
1: more than a 1,000 Slovenian firefighters were combating blazes that had spread across the border from Italy to Slovenia, reports RTV Slovenia. Hundreds of people had to be evacuated from their homes, and the situation is said to be extremely serious in several of the country's regions. Talks that day between Slovenian PM Robert Golob and the EU Commissioner for Crisis Management, Janish Lenacic, raised the possibility of joint preventive action in such border cases as Golub told Slovenian television.
0: One of the ideas that came up during our talks, because this is a border area which can complicate interventions, is to try to draw up a joint plan with neighbouring Italy on how to protect this cast edge from both sides. This will make things much easier. Firstly, when it comes to moving teams from one country to another and providing assistance, and most importantly, in terms of preventive action.
1: At the Petersburg Climate Dialogue in Berlin this week, Franz Timmermans, the European Commissioner responsible for the Green Deal, repeated his oft-quoted refrain, This is not about saving the planet, it is about saving humanity. At the same event, Germany's Foreign Minister, Anna-Lena Baerbock, drew a direct correlation between climate change and global security and appealed for greater international cooperation. AMS covers the story. The climate crisis does not stop at any border. The climate crisis is now the biggest security issue for everyone on this planet. It is clear that if the climate crisis is the greatest security risk, then renewable energies are the best security guarantee for becoming independent of fossil imports and therefore also independent of autocratic governments worldwide. But when grilled on the so-called revival of coal in Germany, Baerbock was adamant that Berlin is not shifting the goalposts. And yes, of course, there are also questions here at the Petersburg Climate Dialogue about what the Russian War of Aggression means, because we decided at short notice for a short time to use a little more coal or to keep it in reserve. We will not deviate an inch from our climate targets. We are firmly committed to the goal of climate neutrality by 2045. The bloc's emissions trading scheme is one way of reducing industrial carbon emissions within Europe's borders, while a new carbon tax, aka the carbon border adjustment mechanism, will require those importing goods from outside the EU to buy certificates at the weekly carbon price. The European Parliament agreed on its position at the end of June, and the EU institutions have since embarked on trilogue discussions. The aim is to conclude the legislative process this autumn, so that the mechanism can be applied progressively from 2023. Renew Europe's Nico Stefanuzza justifies the imposition of fiscal penalties on environmentally unsound goods arriving from outside the Union in a conversation with Radio Romania. European
0: companies have to follow very clear environmental rules, while those outside the EU, especially those from China, Russia and so on, do not have to respect these rules. And it is not right that imports into the EU, products from China, from Russia, are dirty from a climate perspective, in other words, produced with a lot of carbon emissions. It's very important to offset that with a border tax. This means that if steel is produced in China with poor environmental standards, there is no point in us, the EU, protecting ourselves and having a very clean environment. Think about it. We produce only 9% of the emissions on the planet.
1: Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week for more insight from our member stations.